We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. Never a dull day around the NBA, apparently, because we've got a trade to talk about. We've got a coach being fired, a coach of a like winning top tier team. What's going on, Milwaukee? We've got Tristan Thompson getting suspended, all kinds of things to get into on today's show. And meanwhile, we've got Keith, who's uh, who's playing injured today. Uh, he, there are there's no load management days for him. He's, he's gotten it out here to be on today's show. Yeah, take care of your back, y'all. If you're uh, the, to make sure your back is good. I threw mine out last night. It's something that happens periodically, and it just it it's the worst. It just nothing is worse than your back going out because it just it shuts your whole everything down. I uh, I was sitting there saying, all right, let's just have a quiet day today. Nah, the NBA said, hold my beer. Let's go. You're welcome. <laughs> the the NBA said uh no in fact they they knew they knew you were injured and said okay let's go Let, let's everybody then, start firing off then. these trades oh, that's man. what happened yeah, just just uh yeah so let, let's get let's get into it for as long as I can uh, sit here if I'm a little more squirmy than usual everybody knows why we'll get you through this and uh and today will be a no nonsense day so we can get Perfect. you back to to laying down and resting that back as soon as we can uh the big Terry Rozier and Kyle Lowry trade so Terry Rozier going from the Hornets to the Miami Heat Kyle Lowry and a protected first round pick lottery protected in 2027 unprotected in 2028 going to Charlotte um, I guess let's start with the Charlotte side of this. They get Kyle Lowry. He may not be staying with them. The trade is executed, though, so if they're going to flip him, it has to be by himself. He can't be aggregated in with other salaries, so that's important to note. But if Kyle Lowry doesn't get traded by the Hornets, then maybe he'll become a buyout candidate, but it seems like they're going to do their best to try to move him before they have to buy him out. Yeah, and that's just due diligence by the Hornets, yeah. I think. There's no rush to trade him right now anywhere there's no rush to buy him out today uh you, you've got two and a half weeks to figure it out see if you can find another trade that you like and if you do you you make that trade and you kind of move on that way so i think that's just smart business by by the hornets you know see see what's out there for him maybe somebody emerges and says let's go but if not yeah you buy him out now 
reminder, and I'm probably going to repeat this reminder several times over the next few weeks, but he is makes more than the non-taxpayer mid-level by a considerable amount. So he would not be eligible to sign with any of the apron teams. So that includes teams like the Celtics, the Warriors, the Bucks, mm-hmm. the Suns, the, the uh, Clippers. Like th- those teams are all well above the apron. So uh, they wouldn't be able to sign him. So that's where we're at uh, with the Lowry side. Hornets clear a ton of cap space for next year uh, because Lowry's an expiring uh, Rogier was on the books for next year. So now they, I project them to have the second most cap space uh, in the league at about 45 and a half million dollars going into to next off season. And we'll see what they do over the next two weeks. That may change drastically, but for now, like I think they're in pretty good shape because I like Terry Rogier. But Terry Rogier was not going to be a part of the next great Hornets team by any means, just because of his age and where he's at in the curve of his career. This is year nine, which also makes me feel extremely old because I very vividly remember the Terry Rogier draft and he still feels like a kid to me. But here we are, Hornets uh, setting up to be very flexible uh, going into the summertime. Terry Rogier is in year nine and Ricky Rubio is retired. If, if you didn't feel old already. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah right. Uh. But. Uh, from the the Hornets side of things, I think they're not done, and that's the word is that they're they're probably going to make other moves. They want to bottom this thing out, and they want to build around uh, Brandon Miller and Lamelo Ball. So everybody else is potentially available. Obviously, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if they move Mark Williams. But they've got they've got some other guys. Of course, Gordon Hayward has got to keep an eye on as well that um, that they may look to move here. I, in terms of the the value, the pick, it, it's like it's a first, but. Assuming that Miami is still good in 2027, which I think they're, I mean, they've got Tyler Hero, they've got Bam Adebayo. We're probably talking about a non-lottery pick here. The only way that they get a lottery pick out of this is if Miami is in the lottery two years in a row, right? They have to be in the lottery in 2027, so the pick doesn't convey then, and then in the lottery in 2028. That, to me, is not a great bet. I mean, there's still a chance it could happen, sure, but most likely you're talking about a non-lottery pick here for, for Terry Rozier and you're clearing that future salary. That's not an overwhelming return in my mind. I think it's a good deal for the Heat, and we'll talk about them next year. But if they could flip Kyle Lowry and get any kind of value for him after this, then maybe you can add that into the I, – I would be surprised if you he gets any value aside from being just an expiring contract. But I, I think I'm a little bit underwhelmed on the, on the return for Terry Rozier while understanding that, yes, it's probably a step they need to take in order to move into the future. Yeah, I think this just gives us a sense that the market wasn't robust necessarily for him, right? It just wasn't going to be this massive return. And I I think the last couple of trades have kind of set that up a little bit. And teams are also being very cautious about trading these draft picks. So I, I think it's just let's be very careful here. Let's be very cautious with trading too many picks uh, down the line and really hamstringing ourselves in the future, especially a team like Miami, which has been fairly consistently around the tax, around the tax apron. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're one of those teams, to your point on the value of that draft pick, they are a team that will be, uh, they they flip very quickly. They, they, if they go down, they don't uh, stay down very long. They, They tend to turn it very quickly and come back up. Uh, you know, with a good team, you know, in fairly quick order. So uh, I think we're in a spot where I I think Charlotte did okay here. You didn't take on any long-term salary and you got a first round pick that will come eventually. 
you'll, you'll get some former first round pick. And I think that's all right. From the Miami side, they turn uh, Kyle Lowry into a much more productive player in Terry Rozier. In fact, if you watch last night, the, the Hornets beat the Wolves and Terry Rozier was a, was a big part of them <coughs> getting that win. It was, it was surprising to see the Hornets get the win, obviously over a really good Wolves team, but nonetheless, they did. And we'll talk a little bit more about Carl Anthony Towns and the game that he had in just a moment. But in general, uh, for Miami, I think this is a nice move for them. Again, I don't, I don't dislike the draft capital that they gave up. I think that was a perfectly reasonable deal for them. And then you've got some certainty here with Terry Rogier on your books. Now, Keith, I'll admit, I have not taken a peek to see how, uh, how heavy are the books getting for, for Miami now in future seasons? That maybe is something to, to quibble with here. Yeah, they actually chopped off about six and a half million this year, right. but they are taking on big money for the next two years. Rogier, I've seen some people throw around, oh, his contract is non-guaranteed for the final year. That would be in 25, 26. It's not that it's non-guaranteed, it's that it's partially guaranteed. And it's mm -hmm. one of the more ridiculous partial guarantees I've ever seen. It's like partially guaranteed for like 24 and a half million of the 26 million or so. Mm -hmm. So I don't even really understand why that exists. Yeah. I've never gotten a real clear answer out of that. So just consider both years to be fully guaranteed. So yeah, they, they took on some money here because you, you still have Butler, you still have Bam, you still have Hero, you still have Duncan Robinson, and you've got a couple other guys there as well. So they're, they're going to be dancing right around that second apron, or probably the first apron. They might be able to avoid being a second apron team next year. And let's see what they're, they're going to do also, because there's still rumors that maybe they could trade Duncan Robinson. Maybe they could get out of it. No, nobody makes cat magic work and let it work like the Miami Heat do, right? They, they just find a way to mm -hmm. make these things happen. So I, I would not be surprised if there's another trade that delivers a player who can play. They also, when it comes to the pick situation, the Heat are, I, I don't want to say they don't care about their first round picks because, <clears throat> excuse me, Bam, Tyler Hero, uh, Jaime Jaquez, those guys have been very good for them. So those yep. guys have been very uh, important players that they drafted. So I think Miami's approach, though, is, hey, if we need to trade a pick to get an upgrade, we'll trust in our player development that we'll get a second round or an undrafted guy, a G League guy. We'll coach them up and we'll turn them into a rotation player because they've done it time and time again. So I think, you know, there's no organization I probably trust more with trading a first round pick because I, I think it'll work out okay for them. So I really like this, this get for them with Rogier. He's a tough guard. He's better defensively than he showed in his time in Charlotte. That team's just a train wreck defensively. Sure. And they have been his entire time there. He's got good shooting numbers this year. He's averaging a career high in points and assists. So I, I think they really did, did really well fulfilling a, a pretty major need because Kyle Lowry looks pretty much like he, he's done. I think we're yeah. at the end with Kyle Lowry. Yep, I agree with that. Um, all right, let's move on to the other big story of the day. The surprise, Adrian Griffin let go by the Bucks. I mean, this is typically you see teams that are really struggling these are the teams that, that are, are getting rid of their coach. The Milwaukee Bucks are the two seed in the Eastern Conference right now. They're 30 and 13 on the season, and they've decided Adrian Griffin is not the guy. And a report's coming out that that Giannis and a bunch of other players were had were done with him at this point. Um how does Terry Stotts feel right now, right now, Keith? Yeah. I yeah, I think there's a lot of 
stuff happening here, right? Where you've got a whole lot of people I think are in a position where it's just what, what happened? Like, why did this happen? There's a pretty good piece from Sham Sharania, uh, Sam Amick and Eric name who covers the box, uh, all three guys from the athletic. They, um, they are, the, the article kind of lays out how they got there for, um, uh, to hire, uh, Adrian Griffin, sorry, I'm having a back spasm. Um, <laughs> You're talking through. A um, oh my gosh! It's it, they, so they how they got there to hire Adrian Griffin in the first place, and then how like this all fell apart and where it broke down. And there's a stuff in there about Terry Stotts and how mm-hmm. that went south. Also included in there is seems like Doc Rivers is the first choice option that the the Bucks want to hire. Uh, they also note in there Doc Rivers did some. Let's call it official, unofficial consulting uh, for the Bucks, where he met with Adrian Griffin uh, in the middle of the season this year, or I guess in the middle of the first half of the season, where he met with him just to kind of go over some stuff and help. Now, that's not super uncommon. A lot of coaches who are not coaching currently do those kind of things, yeah. especially with first-time head coaches. The teams will bring in a veteran guy just to kind of help them out. Like, hey, what questions do you have? Where, where are you going from here? But uh, that did happen, and now it seems like we may have Doc Rivers taking over. There's very, very mixed reporting. Shams is reporting it's very close, while Woj is reporting it's not – he's on the list of candidates to be sure – but they haven't even talked yet. So who who knows? The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, it's always weird when Woj and Shams are like saying opposite things. And then one of the, you know, one of them obviously will be right, one of them will be, will be wrong. But ultimately, usually when it's like right after the guy gets let go, you you immediately start hearing a name, you know there's the wheels are in motion already. And so that does seem to be the way this is probably gonna go. Um, wouldn't shock me if in, in short order we get Doc Rivers is, is going to become the Bucks' new head coach. So the Bucks they they make a move. They didn't want to wait around, uh, and they get this done, and, and we'll see what this does for their team moving forward and, and what this means for them. But certainly a surprise uh, was not – like this time of year you're expecting trade. Like even though that was the the heat trade, it, it was kind of out of nowhere. Like we had heard some connections like, oh, Miami's interested in Terry Rozier, but it was definitely still a surprise. This was the true – Whoa, I didn't you know didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, it made no no sense that this was was in the works and in the reporting. Some people have said, hey, there were a lot of unhappiness. I think we all knew that, but unhappiness is very different from firing a coach who is 30 and 13, and they're the second team team in the Eastern Conference. I think they have like the what the the tied for the second best record in basketball. Like that is I, I'm not sure how much better you thought you could have been and i'm not saying if you feel like it's not working and you feel like this is never going to be a good thing Mm -hmm. then you fire the guy and you move on the worst thing coaches do is when they double or organizations do is when they double down on a coach that everybody has seemingly lost faith in um so i I think the challenge here for the the bucks is you got to get the next coaching hire right because this is a championship level team and you need somebody who can really kind of get you there so that that's going to be the the interesting part to see whether it's Doc Rivers or that's somebody else, you know, we'll, we'll find out um, with, with this. So uh, I'm very, very curious. It's funny, though, you say, like, like how it comes out of nowhere. The Rogier stuff happened, and, like, everything had kind of settled down. And then now my new thing is if I start getting, like, a like the notification ping goes off, and then it goes off oh. again, then it goes off again. 
it's like, oh, something else something is going happened. down. And right. that's exactly what, what this was, was, you know, there was like, oh, man, what else is going on? And I'm just like laying there like, please tell me it's not another trade. Like, <laughs> just tell me it's like something crazy. And then I don't know, it was like 20 minutes later, probably the next thing we're going to get into happened. And it's like, what is going on with this league today? Like, why, why are you being so crazy? It's still two weeks to the trade deadline. Settle down. Because they know your back is having issues, and so they said, "Let's let's stick it to Keith." We heard all the we heard all the trash Keith was talking all season. Let's uh, let's make sure that he has a tough day today. Shut me down, baby. <laughs> uh, Tristan Thompson. That's our next big story. Tristan Thompson suspended twenty five games for violating the NBA's drug policy. Um, now, to me, these the seem to be performance enhancers when I yeah. when I looked into what's what's going on here. So. Should I hit Tristan Thompson? (laughs) (laughs) That'll make your back feel better real quick. Real quick. Uh, You you just need to call up coach Kilmer. He'll, uh, he'll get you set. There it is. Get you all set up there. Good, good, good shout out. He he more was all about doing the shot in the knee though. That's right. I think right. Like, yeah, I need, what was the kid's name? Latimer from, uh, from the program. I need to hit him up too. Have you ever seen that movie, the program? That's a great movie. A long time ago. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Um, all right, all right so so Tristan Thompson is suspended twenty five games for the Cavs. Now, obviously, that you know that uh, in terms of on the court, is this the you know the end of the world for the Cavs? No, it's not. But not not great for Tristan Thompson. You know, a guy who's an, an older older player, relatively anyway. Um, he's he's got this role with Cleveland, and now here he is, and he's on the shelf for for twenty five games. I'm sure that he's going to, if he hasn't done so already, maybe I missed it. He's going to issue a statement. And I imagine in the statement, he's going to say he didn't know or something like that. Or, you know, that's what we tend to see happen in these situations. Who knows? Maybe he'll surprise me and he'll say, yep, I did it. I'm going to, going to, you know, take my punishment here or whatever. But more often than not, it's, uh, I didn't know what was in this supplement or that supplement or, or whatever. And then, you know, then, then 25 games later, he'll be back in action. Yeah. And why this is, kind of important he's been playing for the Cavs every night he plays about 12 to 15 minutes Mm -hmm. a night for them their front court is really banged up right now with Evan Mobley is out uh so he's been getting run uh there as the Cavs backup center he kind of about probably two-ish months ago surpassed uh Damian Jones as the backup center and really moved in there and they had been kind of when Mobley was healthy the thought was all right, well, Allen, Mobley, Mobley starts at the four, but also functions as a backup five. And then George Niang, that was their three-man center rotation. And then Mm -hmm. Mobley goes out. So they've gone a little bit more traditional. Allen plays the bulk of the minutes, and then Thompson comes in behind him. They'll get a uh, be able to move him over to the suspended list after he's been out for five games. Uh, So presumably they'll do that and open up another roster spot. They are sitting on one open roster spot right now. Uh, They do have Pete Nance on a 10-day contract. That is, for those who wonder, that is Larry Nance's other son and Larry Nance Jr.'s brother. Uh, So he's there on a 10-day contract. But they still have another open roster spot. So maybe a guy like Bismack Biombo could make sense for them Mm -hmm. to bring in as just a veteran big who's kind of played in the league this year because I saw a lot of names getting thrown around. And a lot of these guys, it's like, uh, some of these guys haven't played all year. We don't know where they're at. I saw Dwight Howard, Boogie big, Cousins. Those yeah. are all the ones that get run through. Yep. But uh, Boogie was the one. A bunch of people were like, he's playing right now. And it's, I saw a little bit of that footage. And let's just say I don't know that he's NBA ready right now. Not saying he couldn't get there. 
I just don't know that that he's fully ready to jump back into the NBA. But I would suspect they'll they'll do something, maybe, maybe trade wise too. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got some trade options that they could go through in Cleveland if they wanted to go that route, also. So I I think you'll see some movement from the Cavs here in the next couple of weeks for sure. All right. Speaking of centers who could be on the move, uh, the Blazers may trade Robert Williams, but where's he at injury wise? I was here. I, that's what I thought. I, I was, yeah. thought he was out for the season. So if you're trading for him, you're knowing you don't get him this season. It's about getting him next season and beyond. Yeah, this was Chris Haynes on the uh, This League Uncut podcast that he does with Mark Stein. Uh, Haynes kind of put this one out there of don't be surprised if you see something like this happen. And this could be a move where maybe it's part of a bigger move where maybe Malcolm Brogdon moves or maybe they do decide to move Jeremy Grant or something like that, and they trade Robert Williams, and maybe a team is like, hey, we'll take a flyer on him because if we can get him healthy, we've seen he's a game-changing defensive player when, sure. when he's healthy. That's just you know few and far between. As you know, somebody who's watched his entire career to this point, it's it's just sad that he can't ever seemingly stay on the court. So, so I think we're going to be in a position where – Maybe a team tries to snag him on the cheap and say, "Hey, let's let's make try to make it work uh, with with, uh, with Time Lord and get it figured out." Otherwise, you know, it's probably better for him just focus on your rehab, get back, and he could he's still young enough, I think, that he could be a big part of what Portland's trying to build uh, for their next group. You can't, everybody talks about timelines. You can't just have a bunch of twenty two year olds. Like yeah. you're gonna have a couple veteran guys mixed in there, and he's somebody who could be be in the mix there and really help that team. Yeah, he's definitely somebody that could be there long term. So there's no, it's not like they have to trade him. But if something comes along that that makes sense, then yep. then maybe you you move on and and that was and we'll James basically said like just don't be surprised like if this happens like Portland will move him if the right offer comes their way. Right, right. It's not like uh they're they're hell bent on trading him or something Correct. like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's finish up with this and then we can go rest your back a bit more. Uh, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns both blow up on the anniversary of Kobe scoring 81 points. Uh, Joel Embiid, what did he finish with? 71? 70? 70. 70 on the nose. That, that's on what the it was. nose, yep. And you know what, Keith? Let me say this. Everybody, I saw so many people say, well, how many free throws did he take? Right? He, it was like 23. It was a lot. It was a lot of free yeah. throws. But everybody's saying like, oh, he's not Kobe. Kobe took twenty plus free throws when he scored eighty one too. Yeah, like he he did that. So I'm not. I don't think that. And I get it. Embiid people don't like him because he flops, he flails, he throws himself to the ground, all that kind of stuff. But it's still an incredible accomplishment to put seventy points up. Plus points, you're taking a lot of free throws, right? You're taking a lot of free throws. That's the only way you're getting there. Because even if you hit like like. 14 three-pointers, which wouldn't that be the record or tie the record? I can't remember where the record's at now. That still only gets you just over 40. So if you're you're getting over 60, you're going to take a lot of free throws. Like, just people need to breathe about that. And I've watched a good chunk of that game, especially in the first half when Embiid was going bonkers. I think I watched the entire first quarter. He, had, he was either at 24 or 25 points at the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I think he was at 24. And yeah, he took a lot of free throws and guess what? Cause he was getting followed. Like this was not, he wasn't out there flailing and flopping and doing all the other stuff. He was just, he was that good. And the, the Hornets or not the Hornets. The, uh, um, gosh, who did that? The Spurs had no answer for him defensively. Victor Wembanyama had a great game of his own, but it's kind of funny when it's like, man, he scored 33 points and he didn't get half of what the guy he went against guy. Yeah. Um, with that now on the is, flip is side, he, is he oh, your MVP ahead. right now? Embiid? Embiid. 
Yeah, so I put this out on uh, Twitter X today. If he's eligible, that's the question we don't know. Makes the game make, makes the game requirement. Somebody else puts something out there too that we should should mention. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton has like forty plus million on the line in his extension if he's named to All NBA. There's a sense that he came back early from that hamstring injury with the idea of I can't miss too many games. I need to be on the court because mm. he'll make all NBA. I think we all can feel pretty confident in saying that sure. if he's eligible and then he clearly wasn't right. And now he's going to be out. I think it's an additional three games. I um, mean, he's already missed either one or two since then. So that starts to become a question. I don't like that part of it mm. where, if guys have money tied to it, of course they're going to be even more motivated to play. Because, and for anybody who says they shouldn't care about the money, baloney. We all care. Oh like, yeah. You know, if it's forty million dollars, is forty million dollars. I'd be out there trying to play too. And I think the question is, what is the happy medium between that? Because I don't that that feels off to me. I don't want guys rushing back just to try to make an accolade because it triggers a contract incentive or anything like that, or a contract, you know, a major designated player language uh, for a player. So that's just something. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus keep an eye on yeah that that's true and that's there's there's probably no perfect system but that's part of the downside of of tying the games played to some of these things and the awards as well uh to these things in addition to putting the media in a difficult spot yeah where where the media vote now determines 
what uh, the player's income like that's did that you see Zach Lowe little... gave up his his awards voting because of that no I didn't yeah he gave up his ballot he talked about it on the low post he actually talked about how he gave up his all-star ballot and his awards ballot because he didn't feel right uh with it being tied and this is a guy who famously stressed over every choice on that ballot like he was like oh yeah freaking out over all rookie second team like when a lot of guys are like i don't know who who do you like and just plugging guys in there or like calling an agent and doing a favor zach was like stressing over all of these choices even like he would stress over his because mvp everybody votes for five guys he would stress over his fifth choice guy even if he knew it's not going to matter. That guy's never going to win. He wanted to get it right in his mind so much so. And if he's feeling this this level of, yeah, it doesn't feel right to me, I I, I can't blame him you know, for that. Nope. I, it, something feels a little bit off with this system. But back to your question, I'll flip it back to you. Is Embiid your MVP right now? Right now, I think so. I think the numbers yeah. he's putting up, I think I think on, on top of that, the, the narrative side is in his favor because we have – a 76ers team that was expected to take a step back without James Harden. And they've largely, they've maintained themselves. They've done a nice job winning basketball games. So I I think that, that he is uh, the MVP right now. Uh, There's a few other guys that can certainly get in the mix. Like Shea Gilders Alexander is one of my favorites and and Oklahoma city has been great, but uh, I I think, I think it's, what's that? Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is MVP. I, I, when you said that, I thought you were saying like some Cam Reddish news came out or something. Like, oh, he's hurt again. And then I realized that you were joking. Like, wait, Cam Reddish? What? Just had to throw that in there. I see. I'm, I'm hurting, but I still have my sense of humor. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying here. I, I saw a stat the other day, and I might be a little bit off on this. I actually was this morning, so maybe I'm in my uh, pain, painkiller fog here. I think Embiid shooting something like 58% on long twos, so like 16 feet to three-point shots, Good which boy. is insanely absurd. Like, that doesn't even compute. Like, nobody – like, Kevin Durant is considered to be like the mid-range master, and that's not even like where he's at. Right. So it's it's some it's something like that, Um, you know, with, with that. And that's – you know, no disrespect, man, to – Nikola Jokic, who, I mean, he... For sure. He he's also great. Demolished uh, the Celtics the other night. But yeah, he's just not... Um, that. That's just not not the level he, he's at. I'm going to look that Embiid stat up to, so, so I don't leave everybody with some nonsense that I, you know, maybe I'm not getting correct. He is at... All right, I was a little off. 53.7%, which is still, still ridiculous. His career high was last year at 49% from 16 feet to, to the three point arc. So those long, the long twos. I mean, like, in terms of like, if you were to take out turnovers and points per possession, if he's making 53% on those twos, that's still really efficient. Yeah. That's, that's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing though. That's, that's what really, what makes him right now. And again, this can change. We're, you know, just over halfway through the season, but right now I think he's the MVP because that's what you're trying to get him to do. If you're yeah. the defense, that would that's what you want him to do is not be scoring at the rim, not be getting to the free throw line, not be shooting the three. You want him taking the long two. Oh shoot, he's still efficient doing that. Then what do you do? What do you, what do, you do at that point? He also, the season where Will Chamberlain scored a hundred points, Will averaged over 50 points per game. The only time it's been done in NBA history. Will Chamberlain also that season, a record I believe will never ever be broken averaged over 48 minutes per game because he played 
every minute of every game, including mm-hmm. every minute of the overtime games. Or I don't know if it was every minute, but he played like enough to play, you know, over 48 minutes per game. If you take the points per 48 minutes and beat is averaging more than Chamberlain did that year because he's played less minutes, but he's scoring at such a ridiculously high rate. Like, no, Embiid would Embiid would collapse if he tried to play as many oh, minutes as well as well Chamberlain. Yeah. But you're but it's still crazy that the yeah. rate at which he's scoring it's absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean, absolutely I mean, we, yeah, we've had great great scores in this league, but big man scoring like he is re- redefining it in a number of ways. And that's all right. Let's talk about Cat because Cat okay. went off too, but points. under slightly different circumstances that didn't Yeesh. end nearly as happy. No, uh, sixty two points for him. He had a lot of, I think he had 60 points or 50-something going into the fourth quarter. Yep. And they basically looked like the Timberwolves were like, well, we're killing the Hornets. Let's just try to get Cat to 70. My uh-huh. guess is somebody was keeping them abreast of, hey, Embiid scored this many. Let's try to get there. And then they fell apart. They ended up losing, and Chris Finch went bonkers after it was called an immature selfish stupid basketball or something he did not put it all on cat he was basically saying his entire team and all i'll note about that is mike conley didn't play so when mike conley doesn't play or mike conley's not on the floor for the timberwolves a lot of things get sideways with that team uh so that just goes to show you how important he is and if anything they should be a team that's maybe Hey, Kyle Lowry, you want to come here and yeah. help us out? Because they need somebody to keep them stable uh, when Conley is is either resting for the night or just resting during games. Yeah, and, and I mean, he and Mike Conley can relate to each other because they're the same. They're you know, both up there in years and, and all of that. I don't know if they, I think they are about the same age, 35, I believe, both of them, something like that. But anyway. Maybe a little bit older. But yeah, yeah it's, maybe it's, it's in that range. It might be like 36 or 37, but. But um it was it was remarkable. I was watching that game, and you could see in the fourth quarter where at first they're like, just give the ball to Cat. Everybody's looking for Cat. And then they went, oh, no, we could actually yeah. lose this. And they stopped doing that, and they started trying to go to other people, and they were like, okay, we got to start playing basketball. But that time it was too late. Yep. The, Hornets, the Hornets thought, oh, my gosh, we could win a game. And so they went all out. They made big plays. They did the things they needed to do, and, and the Wolves just couldn't quite get it going they couldn't get shots to drop in the fourth and you know wound up being a bit of a, a disaster even though towns goes for 62 it was a new career high for him but uh but they lose the game to to the hornets no less that, yeah that that stings yeah, the <laughs> hornets that, were like, i was not intending upon there but they're playing the hornets it stings there you go there I it is well done my friend yeah well done that was planned uh, i'm gonna say that was planned um also then the hornets were like uh we can't be winning games like this get terry Rogier out of here like what are we doing that's that's the other piece move along my man <laughs> see you later <laughs> off to miami <laughs> you go <laughs> mitch cup checks on the phone go okay pat whatever but yeah, sure man. lottery protected sure. Yeah. done yeah, we'll take it that way um <laughs> last thing i didn't because this came out while we were recording we're not going to go through um, every name on this, but the uh, Team USA pool uh-huh. came out today. 41 players uh, on it. It's uh, 28 players who have played um, for the senior men's national team for the U.S. in the Olympics or the World Cup. Uh, and t- a total of 23 Olympic or World uh, Cup gold medal 
medals uh, between all the players. Um, it looks like just off a quick glance, most, if not all of the guys who played this past summer, and then obviously a whole bunch more guys. Um, here's the big thing I'll take away with this. And some of the guys who were part of this uh, group last year are clearly not going to make the team this mm -hmm. year. It's an Olympic year. More guys want to play. More of the you know big dogs want to play. But just being part of the pool again is a cool experience because that's going to be a period of time they're going to be able to practice and play against the very best mm -hmm. players um, in the United States pool of players. It's not. I almost said the world. It's a lot of the best players in the world. But let's be sure. fair. There's a lot of international players there. Um, just out of curiosity, can you guess the Lakers that are on the list? Or have you already uh uh, I'm, I would assume it's Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And then I'm guessing because he was part of the last cycle, it's Austin Reeves. Yep. Yep. So those are the Lakers Celtics on the list. Just because I know we get that crossover too. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, and Derek White, um, are all there, um, for that. And then, like I said, a lot of other guys who we've heard mentioned, like Kawhi Leonard is there, mm -hmm. Paul George is there, which just, I, I know, I mean, we got a lot of NBA to get through including the trade deadline, the playoffs, and the start of free agency. But, oh, man, am I ready for this Olympics. And I, this is a place I will get full-on ugly American and scream and yell and everything because I want them to go out there and lay waste to the rest of the world. Beat them, beat them by 40 if you can. Oh, I don't yeah. think they can anymore. I think the rest of the world is too good for that. But let's a couple of these teams that are feeling good about themselves after last summer in the World Cup. Let's get the best of the best out there and let's 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 take these guys out. So I uh yeah, that, that's the one time I'll become full irrational, uh, you know, un unobjectionable uh uh basketball fan, I guess. Well, I'm uh I'm excited and that's that's always great for us to have a little bit of basketball to get us through in the summertime too, mm -hmm. uh when things really start to start to slow down. So exciting for that. But uh Keith, Trevor, I think the other it. time I'll get super irrational is if Boston College ever makes it back to the NCAA tournament, but my hopes are not super high on that one. <laughs> so I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll let that one uh, fester for for a little bit. That's why I adopt whatever New England school makes it as my uh, college team of choice. And other than that, then I root for the draft prospects to win because I want to see as many of their games as I can. I'm, I do the same thing. I root for the draft prospects to win. Yeah. I do I do the exact same thing. Yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't have a super attachment other than to my school. So it is what it is. All right. Well, I think we uh, we got through, and now you can go rest your back. We <laughs> yeah, made it. I, I'll probably be stuck in this chair for a little bit, and then I'll probably stumble into the recliner <laughs> behind me. Uh, We're going to start the show tomorrow, and you're going to be wearing the exact same thing because you haven't moved. <laughs> it's quite possible. It, it may be. I may maybe a little, just a slightly more scruffy uh, than I am today, and not shaven. So we'll we'll see what it looks like. <laughs> Well, good luck. Hopefully that back starts to feel better and loosens up for you. But uh, but thanks for hanging in there, man, and getting through this show. Everybody, make sure you do subscribe to our channel here over on YouTube. We're going to keep you up to date on everything going on on the trade front. And then, of course, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us there as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. 
If you haven't heard of the EE system yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.